When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that's like a raisin. There are very few contexts in which you're happy to have it in your mouth. Oh, 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 wait, wait. I, I make everyone happy when I'm in their mouth, Kyle. I don't like this. Let's start over. The new one. No. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, today, I'm very excited about our guest today. I'm excited too. We're going to be talking to singer, songwriter, Galaxara. Yeah, Galaxara. And we're going to talk about songwriting. Yeah, yeah. Before we do the news, I wanted to mention we've been on two podcasts recently. So check them yeah. out. One is Radio SGN. SGN is Seattle Gay News. It's the local gay newspaper in our area. They have a podcast as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, we are we are newsy news enough for Seattle gays, which is awesome. And we are also on Lost Spaces, which is a podcast where they talk about queer bars or clubs that have been closed, which we yeah. know is a is a problem in our community and especially in you know like lesbian bars and everything so um we were on there talking about a bar a seattle bar our place yeah so we're... check those out yeah it was a lot of fun uh check them out for sure um and now the news shut your mouth hole it's time for your ear holes news 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 okay news the first what do you know about carl nassib kyle uh nothing yeah. The NFL's first out gay active player. Oh. Yeah, he so he came out he came out last year on Instagram during Pride Month. And the thing is, I didn't notice this when it happened, but apparently then he was cut by his former team, the Las Vegas Raiders. So oh, shit. this last March they let him go. And um so now he has been looking for a new home and has just this week been signed on to the final roster of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which that's, I think, the gayest named football team. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, isn't that what we were all called? Yeah, but uh, he had played two seasons with the Buccaneers before signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then he came out and then he got cut. And now he's back with the Buccaneers. And here's the thing. He's a flip-flopper. Well, yeah, there's Love slip flopping. Yeah, there's that. There's there's definitely that. But then you kind of wonder, like, is it because he was gay? Mm. Did he get cut because he was gay? Yeah. They said it was for cost cutting measures, but yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And they also recently closed down the Starbucks that were trying to unionize for because it yeah. was a safety issue. Yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to not think that it has something to do with being gay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. He has survived that. I feel like there have been other pro athletes that we have seen come out and then their career sort of ends for one reason or another. But but this this one keeps on going. Uh, he is switching positions with the Bucks, which that sentence is great. <laughs> uh, he's going from defensive end to outside linebacker. And but but he's not the starter. The starter is going to be Joe Tryon Shoyinka. But apparently in this position, it's it's highly likely that he will play with with fairly uh, w w regularly. So. Um. Yeah, he's also smoking as hot. So, <laughs> so let's 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 celebrate that. Yay, hot gays! <laughs> Yay, there's hot gays! Place, there's a place for you in this world. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I did also think we had a 
a first NFL out gay player. Maybe it was him that I'm thinking. Well, no, there was Michael Sam who yeah. was was out and then never got signed. Oh. He never, you know, he he. I thought he was like got recruited by the Rams. Um, this is a good question. Good question. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look now. He was out and he played for college and then ha! he was drafted Sports by the Rams. Knowledge. Fuck you, everyone. I'm done. I'm out. Skis. Best thing I'll ever do. Bye. <laughs> Sports gay here. Uh, he played a preseason game and then he was released as the, in their final round of cuts. So he, he never actually, he never actually made the team. He only played a preseason game as opposed to Carl here, who's been playing and gay and out and you're doing the vocab the official vocab of nfl very good (laughs) yeah thank you so much yeah no problem this has been sports talk with mike and kyle oh my god can you imagine (laughs) could we host a radio or a sports show (laughs) that'd be very good it would be so great (laughs) especially if we got some like cranky old queen that like actually knew sports oh yeah yeah just like drag us along the journey anyway that's not what we're here to talk about (laughs) No, no uh news the second so, the United Kingdom has a new prime minister. Her name is Liz Truss. So, Boris Johnson, of course, stepped down, and there's a big old fight over who was going to get to be the prime minister. They've chosen Liz Truss. Here's the thing. So, Prime Minister Truss has a, for being a Tory, has a pretty okay record when it comes to LGBT stuff. Hmm. She voted for marriage equality um, back back in the day in 2013 and also has been like the worst the worst that she's done is to abstain from some votes that would have been good for queer people but has not been on record really as as, as actively against gay rights however her deputy prime minister Teresa coffee is a huge cunt so she was uh, she's been named as the health secretary and deputy prime minister. It's a little bit like our system in that, like, if 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 Liz is incapacitated or like needs somebody to you know pinch hit for, her, then coffee gets to gets to step in. At least that's how I understand it. I don't I don't know UK politics or the, the system that well. But uh, anyway, she was the first appointment that that uh, Truss made. And uh, she has just been fucking terrible. So she voted against same-sex marriage in 2013. She was even worse after it passed the House of Commons. She was one of a group of 15 members of parliament who then ran to the House of Lords to ask them to block same-sex marriage because they have a two-house system. Like everything goes to the House of Lords, but mostly the House of Lords just kind of rubber stamps shit because like the House of Commons is where shit is supposed to actually happen. Anyway, so they're like trying to get them to subvert the process it's just horse shit uh she in 2019 she voted against extending marriage rights to queer couples in northern ireland and she has stated her opposition to mandatory sex and relationships education in schools has suggested that parents should be allowed to withdraw their children from lessons where they see fit uh she has uh when when we overturned roe v wade giving uh removing the constitutional right to abortion she said that she would prefer that women did not have didn't have abortions but that she wouldn't condemn people that do but uh yeah she she said in 2020 during an appearance on sky news she said quote i took the view at the time that that same-sex marriage is bad that that 
that the family is the main purpose of marriage. Uh, I took the view at the time, and I still hold to that. I have a strong faith background about what is a legal partnership and what is marriage, but that is not a question for today. I believe in live and let live, and I'll be interested to see. But And she's a big old Boris Johnson supporter. She's just like, just, I just, I just fucking goddamn Tories. I mean, it, that's interesting uh, given all you said. And then she said, I'm in, I'm fine with live and let live. Like, but it doesn't seem like you really are. Like, it seemed like you yeah. were the opposite. It seemed like you were very restrictive on who you are, want to live equally. Yep, exactly right. And th- now because she is the health secretary, she's going to have to work on issues oh. about whether the National Health Service is going to provide prep to gay people or give trans people um gender affirming health care abortion access will very much be part of that equation like she's she's like Mm. the worst possible bitch in charge of the worst possible stuff yeah Um, yeah if you can't understand and agree with the majorities of or all of the medical groups that confirm that you know, sexual orientation can't change as is natural and gender identity that giving people gender affirming health care is the best outcome. Like those aren't opinions. That's what every yeah. major medical group says. So if you're running the health organization, are you going to abide by what all of the medical groups say or your religion? Like what are you going to use to inform health policy? And it's very scary that Tories and Republicans here like would pick the bible instead of like what stuff that works yeah yep i i agree i agree why can't we just run shit kyle oh god i don't know that i would pick that for anyone (laughs) (laughs) uh news the last just two hours ago the popular british children's show peppa pig introduced its first same-sex couple oh two lesbian polar bears are their Uh, names salt and peppa (laughs) oh god no no No, I guess there was a petition that went around uh, not too long ago in 2019 that uh, called for the show to add uh, same-sex parents and got over 25,000 signatures. And uh, it said, quote, children watching Peppa Pig are at an impressionable age and excluding same-sex families will teach them that only families with either a single parent or two parents of different sexes are normal. (laughs) Peppa Pig is not just for entertainment. Children are inevitably learning from it, too. So Penny the polar bear tells Peppa Pig that, quote, she has that she has, quote, two mummies and draws a picture of herself holding hands with them. Quote, I live with my mummy and my other mummy, Penny says in the episode, which is titled Families. She also adds that one of her polar bear lesbian moms is a doctor. It, it, I, I, I think the visibility is great. It, it, like part of the part of the thing is like grooming is a dangerous dangerous word that is like makes people flip the fuck out all over hell and i think it's also very much necessary i don't mean like sexual deviancy grooming the way that they use the word grooming but i think visibility can be sort of grooming a person to not suck as a terrible human and and showing them that hey there are here are these this family has two mommies i i think is great okay i mean like that's just teaching (laughs) <laughs> that's just like teaching and educating yeah. grooming is like they use it for us but it's like what pedophiles do to help encourage someone like to be okay like to not understand and be okay with yeah so i i know what you mean and maybe would still not use that verb yeah i get it it's like the word rainbow and faggot we need to we need to, we need to hold on to them 
and, and I don't know that anyone's trying to hold on to the word grooming. <laughs> no, we that was I don't know that that's the fight we want to be fighting against. All right, that's fair. Uh, before we end the news, uh, there is an update. I did talk about this on episode 291, so not that long ago. But uh, United States District Judge Reed O'Connor ruled on Wednesday the 7th that requiring insurance companies to cover medications that are used for PrEP violates plaintiff's rights on religious grounds. So anyway, the, the, the judge has ruled that if you don't want to pay for PrEP as an insurance uh company because it violates your religious beliefs then you don't have to (laughs) what if it violates my religious beliefs not to receive a medication what if my god said you shall receive all the medication you ask for and it violates my religious rights that you're not giving it to me like yeah that's the thing about religious rights is anyone can write down anything and say that anything violates any of their religious rights and then you're just like who who does god love more and that's the battle you have in court like yep Yep, it's absolutely it's the dumbest thing. I don't give it's, a shit what your God thinks. Like, help us prevent HIV. That that shouldn't be a question. That's yep. I there. I I'm so frustrated. I saw this, and it's extremely frustrating that it's like it's the same as the people that are like calling and actively trying to block calls to the Trevor Project. Like, they just want gay people to die, and they don't give a shit about anyone except themselves. Also, this isn't the point. I understand that, so don't need that lecture. HIV is not just a gay thing, right? Like if the religious view that gets them off the hook for having to pay for PrEP is that homosexuality is gross, there are lots of other reasons that a person might need to be on PrEP besides butt sex. Again, not the point. Yeah. But let's take it to its logical conclusion here. That medication does not equal butt sex. So fuck, fuck your feelings and fuck your Jesus and fuck all of that but at least makes sense. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Sometimes you have to explain it to people in ways that it affects them and their own community. And, and people should care about everyone. I thought that's what Jesus meant when he said, love everyone, but maybe he meant something different, but like, yeah, it shouldn't have to affect them for them to care about it, but it does affect. Yeah. yeah. It affects everyone, not just gays. Yeah. Anyway, that's the news. Hmm. Oh, it'll be appealed. It's like it, it it's going to go to the appellate court and then will likely land in the Supreme Court. And like, there's probably not enough time to get the Supreme Court turned around before that gets there. And then it's just going to be fucking anarchy and we're all going to die. That's the news. Well, <laughs> on that note. I'm really excited to tell you about. No, okay, we'll get excited again. Um, These Peppa Pigs. Talk about these Peppa Pigs. These (laughs) are appealing themselves. Um, These I would like to thank Patreon members Glorious Morningwood. (laughs) Oh no! Sebi and Michael Peters. Some good, some good, easy names that I presumably all pronounce correctly. Thank you so yeah. much to our Patreon members. If you want to get episodes a day early, ad free, get bonus content, bonus segments, video stuff, and a whole lot more, go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Do it. All right, Mike, you ready to talk about songwriting and yeah. Galaxara? Yeah, let's talk about songwriting and Galaxara. Okay. Okay. I'm very glad that I watched an, an interview with her because the first question that the interviewer asked her was, how do you say your name? And I just, it was kind of awkward. Not the best, not the best out of the gate 
interviewing that I'd seen. Yeah. But she explained it very politely to this very dumb looking man that it's Gal X Ara. Yep. Yep. I have been following Galaxara since uh, I think even before like her big hit on the Birds of Prey album. Uh, I really like her, so I'll be interested. And she's been posting a lot to TikTok about kind of her story and what she's been through as a as a songwriter, as a singer. So I'll be interested in exploring more with her about that. But you're also a musician. Hmm. Do you mm-hmm. do any songwriting, Mike? Um, some people heard 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 the theme to the this show <laughs> at the top of the show. So, yeah, I, I I wrote a lot more when I was younger. I have a bunch of like angsty bullshit that I wrote in college, and <laughs> um, it's something that I've always wanted to do more of, and then haven't. I, yeah, my 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 cousin Maddie and I um have have written some stuff and bounced ideas off of each other, and uh, that's been that's been a lot of fun. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nice. That was a very long-winded yes, Kyle. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, if I, you just I, said yes, <laughs> this wouldn't be a podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to say more. <laughs> That's the secret, kids, for all y'all out there that want to want to get a podcast going. You just talk. We've <laughs> <laughs> got all the answers today. Yep. How about, how about you? You ever written songs? You write poetry, which is, you know, that's song adjacent. Yeah. A poem is just a, a, a quiet song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a song on paper. It's a song that hasn't doesn't know it's a song yet. Um, it's interesting because sometimes when you just look at the lyrics of something, you're like, oh, the only reason this is any good is because there's music going on here that's interesting. Like, And there are other song, like singer-songwriters that even without the mu- the music behind it, it is like poetry that they, yeah. they bring to life. So she, to me, is one of those that actually, like you can tell she has kind of emotion and feeling behind the lyrics that she that she writes. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can, if anyone wants to, <laughs> To sing anything from my chapbook, gays don't poop. Surely there's some gems there that that could become. I'll, I I could take a stab at putting one or more of them to music. And yeah, should have a gayish album. Oh sure, why not? I mean, as long as it involves me not doing any more work, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I've done my same, part. Yeah, same girl. I I can't I can't take that project on. Um, okay, well that was man. That project was killed so quickly in production. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and when we get back, we'll have Galaxara with us and uh, she's going to, she's going to, she's going to melt our, melt our faces. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It sure is. Hey Mike. Hey Kyle. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Okay, we talked about this the last time we recorded an ad, and I said I thought I would do cooking. Uh-huh. I actually did. I talked to my therapist, and she was like, what would you do for an extra hour? And I said I would cook, and so I did. And this weekend on Saturday, I made a recipe I'd never made before. It was French onion mac and cheese, and it was delicious. Well, if you want to improve your mental health, be a podcaster and record an ad about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gayish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gayish. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Gayish. French onion mac and cheese, that's what makes me happy. Yum. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. Do you remember when Prep came out and it was a game changer? Oh, my God. Biggest news. We were all excited to get our hands on it. Well, it's happening again. (laughs) It is. Imagine a world where STIs are no more. Doxypep is what we're talking about, everybody. You can get Doxypep from Shameless Care. And Doxypep has been proven to be up to 90% effective at stopping STIs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. It's just like PrEP was for HIV, but now for all of those other things, too. And where can you get this? You can get it from Shameless Care as a top telemedicine provider with board-certified physicians across 50 states. They have a mission of making DoxyPep accessible and affordable. Answer some medical questions on the website, and one of their physicians will prescribe DoxyPep to you. Viola is shipped straight to your door in discreet (laughs) packaging. And DoxyPep at Shameless Care is crazy affordable, just $109 a year. That covers the online evaluation, the medication, and the shipping. So if you're ready to rewrite your story and discover the joy of carefree intimacy, visit shamelesscare.com slash gayish to take control of your sexual health. That is shamelesscare.com slash gayish. Your liberation is waiting. Be sure to use lube. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Kyle. One quick editing note before we get to our conversation with Galaxara. We recorded this last week before the Queen died, which only matters for an initial discussion that we had with her about uh, Prince Harry, and it's why that didn't come up at all, which may seem a little bit odd, but it hadn't happened for us yet. So just wanted to uh, explain that context, and now hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So are we back? We're back! We're back. <laughs> We're back. We are here with Galaxar. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hello there. You were just recently traveling and I saw, were you, did you perform for Prince Harry? Oh, <laughs> I forgot that there's such thing as social media and that everybody else can see my life. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did actually. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, I performed for the world polo league which like i had no idea was even a thing but you know it's like the game polo with the horses and everything and and they um they usually have me sing the national anthem and then i do sometimes a couple of songs for them and whatever and this time they had said there was going to be a special guest but i didn't know who it was because like i guess for safety reasons they couldn't let me yeah. know you know um because he's the prince i guess so uh, or actually he's the duke the Duke of Sussex. Yeah. So then like the day before they were like, so the special guest is Prince Harry. And I was like, seriously. And <laughs> first thing I said, actually, I was like, well, is Megan going to be there? And they're like, uh, no, unfortunately not. She's back home in California, whatever with the baby. And I was like, cause I really wanted to see the babies, but they were not there. Whatever. It's okay. But I was still like, wow, that's so cool. You know, which it was, I mean, like what other, one other time would I ever sing like the national anthem in front of him and him being there. And funny, ironically that my grandmother who's from England, she actually used to babysit a nanny for Charles, his father. So it was just like a weird, yeah, like turn of events and just felt 
really cool. And this like, is now officially the closest we've been to the royal family. So thank <laughs> you very much for being on and like, giving us the legit street cred we need. That's so funny. <laughs> Except for that one time that I jumped the fence at Buckingham Palace. That, that <laughs> might have been my closest, closest. but, but <laughs> closest legally. No, it was super cool. It was, you know, I'm very blessed. And yeah, it was, you know, there's no tea I can spill on him except that he's good at polo. Really, he really is. I forgot that there's the kind of polo with the horses. Like for a second yeah. there, I was thinking it was like the the hot dude's swimming kind, the wa- water polo, like <laughs> oh. which, which would be a very different, a very different thing altogether. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I saw him shirtless in the water. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. then th- let's back up a little bit. You've posted basically like your career until now you've posted kind of clips and versions on tiktok and Mm -hmm. i want to expand and know a little bit more but to start us off can you tell us how you got to atlantic records oh yeah that's a good question so i essentially like knew pretty much from like age three that music was what i was gonna do uh for the rest of my life like i just you know sometimes you just know i don't know and um yeah, so I knew that was what I was going to do. And then it was really just a matter of like, how am I going to get to the point that I want to get to, which like, you know, I wanted, I want to be on, you know, Gaga, Beyonce, that kind of level, you know, like it's, it's good to dream big, whatever. Sure, yeah. And I, I started taking like piano lessons at seven and then started doing singing lessons and singing came very naturally to me. Like, that's what I wanted to do all the time. I love to perform. And then I started doing some singing competitions and, um, Eventually, I was like 13 or 14, and I was like, okay, I've done a gazillion of them, and I've won quite a lot of them. So I was like, I I don't know if I really want to do this anymore because, like, come on, sing competitions. They're only going to get me so far, you know, like, unless I'm trying to go to, like, American Idol or The Voice. But I was kind of like, no, I don't really want to go down that path. So I I just started working with, like, this little music, like, record, little company there in, in Florida that helped me, like, make some songs, write some songs, record some stuff, you know, a little studio place. And one of the guys there had a contact to my A&R, my, you know, now A&R, but um, at Atlantic Records. And and he was just like, hey, I have this girl. And ironically, the A&R was also in Florida, which like Florida is not a music, like a big music place. Like, you know, like uh, specifically I was living in Orlando and Orlando is like known for like, I'm trying to think back in like the 90s, like Backstreet Boys and Sync, that vibe, but like not anymore. So it was like, you know, not, it was very weird that I was there and he was there and we didn't know about each other. So he was just like, you know, you should come by, see this girl sing, whatever. So I sang, I did some songs and, and then slowly like one of the, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess, but like my A&R at the time at Atlantic, he had like a, the guy, his right hand man who was like younger who was earlier starting out and he, um, and he kind of, he saw like a lot of potential in me and he was like, I really, I believe in you and I want to help you. So, you know, whatever I can do. And so he started like getting me set up with just small little writing sessions, like nothing big. Um, but he was like, you know, it's just good to start doing that because that's, you know, like that's the game, you know, you're not going to be singing covers forever. So I was like, yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and so he ended up, um, like flying me up to like Nashville a few times because he lives in Nashville and started doing some stuff there. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, <laughs> the A&R was like, all right, well, we're going to we're going to go to New York now and you're going to sing for the head of Atlantic. And I was like, OK, like, sure. <laughs> and I remember us going there. But I, 
it's all still a blur to me, honestly. And I think I also just didn't really know what was going on, which helped because my nerves were like, <laughs> just like, whatever, you know. So I I just remember going there and I remember my A&R was like, look, uh, the head of Atlantic, Craig Kalman, who's like, he is a very busy man. So you might get one, maybe two songs like through. And I had prepared like four or five. And so then I get in the room and I sing one. And then my A&R looks at him and he's like, you know, do you have time for another? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I sang my second one. And then he's like, all right, another one. And I was like, okay, good thing we prepared more. And so I sang another and then I sang another and I sang all four of them. And then he was like, you know what? Wait a second. And so then head of Atlantic, he, he walked out, Craig, and, and we were like, shit. I mean, I was like, oh no, like, what did I do wrong? Like, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goodbye. And, <laughs> and then he ended up bringing the other head of Atlantic, I guess, Julie Greenwald, who she's like the head of marketing. And she was supposedly in like a marketing meeting for Bruno Mars at the time in the moment. And he was like, Julie, you have to come listen to this. So he grabbed her and the entire meeting, like, I don't know, 15 people. And they all came into the room and he was like, do it all over again. So I just sang everything all over again which like ripped my vocals because I was like, okay, like I'm a good singer, but this is too much for me. And yeah. And so I sang for all of them. And, and I mean, it was, it was magical. My dad was there and it was awesome. And, you know, at that point then, you know, came home and was like, well, that went good and guess we'll see what happens. And then I think like a month or two later, they're like, okay, we want to officially sign you to Atlantic Records. And I was like, Okay, you know, sign my life away. But that moment feels like the moment every songwriter, every singer is dreaming of, like getting to sign that kind of deal. Was that, what did that feel like? It definitely was like surreal. I mean, I think, I mean, I was 15, which like, when I think I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound so young. But then I think of like where I was and that's really young. Like I was just a kid and I, I understood what was going on, but I also did not realize like what what was really about to happen I guess just as far as like the the seriousness of it all I guess the severity of like now you're you're doing this like as a career and even though you're 15 people don't care you're going to be treated as like an adult like a complete adult you're supposed to kind of know how to socially interact and be a person even though I'm a person that like at the time didn't even know who I was, you know, like, I mean, I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I've seen you talk about, and this part, I want to understand a little bit more. You've written all of these songs and, and put out five songs. What happens to how many songs did you, uh, did I see hundreds of songs? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Your face. When you hear <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> So, so what happens to those hundreds of songs th- that you've written? I mean, I feel like, okay, so there's probably a, a portion of them that are getting pitched out to other artists, to other individuals, you know, um, just like I get pitched songs all the time from other people who don't want them. And then there's a good chunk of them that are probably going down the toilet, I think, because <laughs> honestly, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it's can't think of a good example to it, but it's just kind of like, even though, yes, they're an actual tangible song, you can listen to it, you can hear it. Um, there's lyrics, there's a chorus, whatever. I mean, to me, I look at them more as like, they were practice. It was practice for me, you know, like it was like, I, I don't know, practicing doing something over and over and over again, and finally you get better and better. And I mean, that's how I see it. Now, of course, you never know, there's songs that sometimes, 
you know, somebody picks them out and they're like, this is a gem. Let's finish this. And that happens all the time. By now, I probably have over, I mean, I have like over 300 songs. Demos. Demos. That's a good point to make because there's a difference, you know, between like finished song and demo. That's a shit ton of demos to me. I uh, don't know anything about it, but that seems like a whole shit ton of demos. It is. It is a lot. It is a lot. But also, I mean, it was, I mean, it was five years and I mean, I was writing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. That was really the, they assigned me to essentially like a development deal. And because I was obviously only 15, I had no social media, which wasn't even really a thing then. And I didn't have any songs and I didn't, you know, the whole plan was like, right, right, right. Which is one thing I will say Atlantic, at least that record label, they're very strong about like the song is important. The song is what matters. So it was just very like adamant. Everybody was very adamant about like, we have to get the song. So you're going to write, you're going to write with everybody, everybody and everybody, every single day, a different person. And it just, they call it like speed dating, essentially. You're just like, <laughs> go in with one person one day, the next day, a different person, see who you match with. So it, it sounds like writing a fuck ton, like just practice, practice, practice is, is part of the equation. But what about like other yeah. kinds of training? Like, do you have any like formal training or mentors, that kind of stuff? Or is it, or is it just, hey, practice until you get better? Well, vocally, I guess, like vocally, I have my singing coach who I've had since I was like, I don't know, 11 or something. And she, you know, she made my voice into what it is today essentially obviously i did too but like uh, you know she was a big part of that and so that was constantly always you know getting better but also people i mean i'm sure people realize it but like at least i've realized it as i've gotten older when i was younger i used to be like you know people say that your voice changes as you get older and i was like yeah whatever you know we'll see but i genuinely have noticed how my voice from like when i was like 16 17 to now has has changed like I, it's gotten deeper i'm able to hit lower notes that i never was able to before and just you know different things that like i didn't expect but yeah i mean like as far as like yeah how, it's a good question it's like how are how do they expect you to they just put you in a room basically and they're like you better write guess what happens like see what's see, see what's gonna happen but i used to hear from a lot of friends to that um other writers that like other labels would sometimes the other labels would sometimes they would essentially sign an artist and they would put them in the room with writers, whoever, for like, I don't know, maybe two, three months. And then after those three months, whatever song they got that was the best, that's the one they'd go with for the single. And like, there wasn't really like, you know, there was some help, but it's like, but whatever you got is what you got, you know, which mm. in my case, I was very lucky. That wasn't the case. because <laughs> Thank God they didn't put out the songs that I had when I was like 16. It would have been very bad. <laughs> But um, it would have been very tragic. But yeah, so, you know, it was, there was, uh, my journey with Atlantic was very much like, there were some things that I'm like, wow, I'm very grateful for. And then there's some things where I'm like, well, you know, that could have been different, but you live and you learn. It's interesting. I would have thought the, like, putting out songs sooner would have been, or would have been frustrating, but it sounds like you're glad that they didn't force that. And do you, do you remember like what one of the early songs would have been if they just picked the best one and went for it after a couple months? Yeah. I mean, I, I look through the demos less and I see so many titles of songs that I'm like, God, like when I, when I, before I came up with the name Galaxara, I always, I, I've always though been like into space and like, you know, the universe, galaxy, cosmic, all that stuff. And so at some point I was like, you know what? Like, early on, when I was, like, 15, 16, I was like, you know, I, what if all my songs on the album were, like, 
celestial base. Like I'm going to have one called like on the moon, another one called nebula, another one called the galaxy, like all these things, which, you know, isn't that cheesy, but it's pretty cheesy. Like it's freaking cheesy for me. So I look back at those and I'm like, Oh God, thank God. Like that didn't come out. And, um, and it's funny though, because though when I was 15, 16, 17, like I remember like being so pissed that the songs weren't coming out. I was like, Hey, I've been writing now for like two years you guys said it was going to be two years. Like, what the heck? Like, I have so many songs. I can, you know, but I realize now that it was better that they didn't come out, you know. <laughs> the thing I, I notice now, especially with the name Galaxar, is that when anytime I've seen people writing about you, they like it becomes her voice is out of this world. Like it, it all revolves yeah. around that theme of them writing. Are you okay with that? Does yeah. that get, do people overdo that? No, <laughs> no, they... I think it's sweet. I think it's super sweet that they do that. And like that it's been able, you know, that that's, I mean, I feel like it's naturally like the name Galaxara sounds already like something space galaxy. You know what I mean? Like that's how I came up with it. So I feel like that's good enough. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm glad that people, you know, the, I mean, that they even say those things about my voice and about me and everything. So I think it's, and also like one thing I've learned too is like this idea of like, I don't have to just be, which comes back to honestly, like our identity, but like, I literally don't have to be just one thing. In my head, when I was like 15, 16, I was like, oh, I have to be the space girl, space girl, space girl. Like that's, but it's like, which, you know, it's cool, but it's like, why am I only limiting myself to like this one pocket? You know what I mean? Like I, can, there's so many other things that I am, that I do, that I, you know, like can be. So that's something. Space I, lesbian. I now that's. There's, <laughs> <Exactly. that. laughs> My girlfriend is going to die at this. Like this part in particular. She's going to laugh so much. Okay. <laughs> can I get your pre-approval to, in our show notes, write your name as Galaxara comma space lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> I could also maybe like link to your music or other things, but that's okay. Uh, well, you mentioned identity, identity. You mentioned your, your girlfriend. Yeah. Can you talk about your process of whatever it was to you either coming out or, or understanding your identity a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I never honestly thought that I, I mean, I never put myself in the box of like, you are super straight, but I never had any like thoughts of being with any other girls honestly until I met my girlfriend and it was a very different process from how she came out and she you know realized that she was attracted to women but I was in a relationship with a guy for four years and from like 15 14 to like 18 and my head I was like yeah I'm just I'm with a guy like I'm straight this is that's just what it is and then that was a shit show (laughs) and (laughs) it was very toxic you know in a funny way but no not funny but it was toxic and it was not good and and after that you know I was I was very much just like okay you know I'm gonna live my life you know and I ended it and whatever and then it honestly the only way I explain it because it's how it happened was just like I met my girlfriend and at first I was just like wow we get along so well we're going to be the best of friends. It's like, we're going to be best friends. And it's true. We got along very well. And I was like, wow, you know, like I haven't had a, I honestly, at the time with my ex-boyfriend, he was like, he was like my only friend. You know, I was, I was traveling a lot. I was doing a lot of music stuff. And like, I had left school. 
at a young age. Like, I mean, I finished school, but like in person. So I didn't have many girlfriends or any friends at all. So my boyfriend was the friend. And now I was like, wow, there's this girl, like, you know, and slowly but surely, eventually, I just started having butterflies. And I was like, all right, this is not normal. This isn't like friendship situation anymore. This is more than that. And I was very confused at first, which I feel like is so normal. Like, of course, I was going to be confused. I never felt that for a girl ever. And so, and, and so, yeah, and so I was just, you know, and then eventually, I don't know, I must have been like, I'm feeling feelings for you. And then she was like, yeah, me too. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the rest is history. <laughs> but oh. yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it was a slow, um, it was, you know, it wasn't just like a slap in the face of like, yep, you're gay now. It was more of just like a really deep understanding of like me understanding and realizing like, oh my God, like I'm feeling feelings I've never felt before. And. And it feels, I feel like, I feel like right. Like it feels good. You know, um, I feel safe, like insecure in this and I'm not forcing it. And yeah, so it was, it was, it was great. It was great. That's adorable. Yeah. On top of two that my parents are also very, parents are extremely accepting. So they, yeah. I mean, my sister is a lesbian and my brother, he's doing things and I'm, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, I mean, I I think for them it was maybe a little surprise, but not really, but you know, they were like, as long as you're happy, that's all we care about. That's all we ever care about. So, I mean, like I'm very blessed. I'm very, very blessed for that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really sweet. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to ask about how, how that, how that process, how that transition for you affected your songwriting. Like, like bringing you back mm-hmm. to writing songs, like had, yeah. do you notice a difference, you know, pre oh, yeah. pre and post uh, coming up process? Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I mean, when I was with my ex, for some reason, I because I was always so like I'm a very driven person. I was very like music is what I want to do. I, I like I the tiger. Like I'm focused, you know. And I didn't want. I mean, I was young. I cared a lot about what other people thought of me, and I didn't want anyone thinking that I was like starting to like fall off track because I had a boyfriend and which, you know, looking back, I'm like, girl, you are stupid. Like why? who cares? Nobody cares. But like, you know, at the time I was like, no, I don't want people to think I'm not because I actually do understand a little bit because I was so young in this uh, career that there were so many adults. I wanted people to take me seriously. Like, and I was afraid that if I was this young girl with a boyfriend and what I have no idea what I thought, but that's where my yeah. brain was at. So I honestly like kept, I tried to keep it a secret for like a long time. I was like not trying to tell people I was in a relationship. I was like, so like against writing songs about love, romance, anything that had to do with love. I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's not who I am. And like, which, you know, everybody, to each its own, but it's like, now I'm like, come on, like love is the most universal, most amazing thing. That's why everybody writes songs about it. Like it, there's yeah, a reason yeah. for that, you know, <laughs> but I was just trying to be the different one and not do it, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, and also I just like, there was for a long period of time, I was just like, not present, like in my writing, I was just like, mm. you know, I, I tried to be, but it's like, I felt like there was just times where other people were like writing their, their lives and I was singing about it, which is okay. But it's like, I very heavily wanted to be a part of the songwriting process. And I like, I just felt like I wasn't writing about my life at all. Like I had no connection to it. Like it wasn't part of, wasn't coming from my heart. Like it wasn't true to me and that sucked. And when I got into the relationship with my girlfriend and 
I like it was such a shift. Like it was like, you know, I, I obviously like once that happened, I realized too, like, cause I think I was, I was 18 or 19. I was like, okay, well, you know, social media was starting to, you know, was doing its thing. And I was like, I have to like either decide if I'm going to like not tell anybody I'm in a relationship with a girl. Cause it is kind of a, it'll be a shock for some people, you know, I guess yeah, or yeah. what, you know? And so finally I was like, no, forget it. Like, I'm just going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to go for it. So, you know, I told my managers, I told whoever I could tell that mattered. And yeah. And then I like, I think my first post was like a Valentine's day post. Like this is my lover, you know, whatever the heck it was. And <laughs> that kind of like, you know, spelled the T I guess. And at that point, then it was just like now a process of me going into writing sessions and telling people like, okay, I have a girlfriend. Um, or I'd be like, I'm in a relationship with a girl, uh, my first girl. And <laughs> And so I would just be like, you know, I, I want to write about her and like what I was feeling. And still, I, you know, I, I, the song I wrote about her was called Death of Me, is called Death of Me, which is like very morbid when I say that. But it's, <laughs> it was like the first song I wrote, like specifically about her and about like, just honestly, just like how it felt like falling in love with her, you know, which whatever. So it was cute. It was very cute. And I felt so happy that I wrote it. And like, it felt so true to my heart like you know and I cried listening to it and I played it for her and it was like such a you know it was besides like being like here's this thing I wrote about you like I love you you know it was also for me it was like damn like I am a damn good writer and like I can write you know I just have to like bring my heart into it you know which Mm. was nice you know to do that so I am wondering if that's the post where okay I do this thing I don't know if you do this as well when I find an artist I'm like God, please be queer. And I don't know why I want, like, yeah. when I really like someone, I'm just like, really hope there's some kind of queer. And I score, I did this yeah. when I discovered you. I think I started scrolling. Oh. It might have been that, like, Probably. that post You're that like, I was like, please oh. don't let this be about her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, yes. do, you, do you do that as well? Or do you, how do you feel about people basing kind of how they feel about you on being a queer or being that's lesbian? True. Does that, true. does that feel good or bad or nothing? Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. Like, I saw a comment on one of my TikToks, I think, a couple days ago that was like, what did it say? It was just like, yes, somebody, like, somebody like me or, or like, somebody a part of my community or something like that. And I think it was, like, a post I had about me and my girlfriend or something, which made me feel happy. But I totally get what you're saying because, yes, there's many times where I, like, see something that I really like or a person that I'm like, oh, their personality, you know. And then I'm, like, curious to know, like, but are they gay or are they queer or are they, or are they super straight? Like, I don't know. But then, but then again, I don't know. Sometimes like when there's somebody that I see that I'm like, wow, this person's funny. Like they have that thing. I'm just like, I feel like they're part, they're probably queer. They're just, I don't know. It's just, we have just that thing, you know, like, I don't know. It's just the thing. I can't explain it. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel if people thought of you as a, queer singer songwriter or a lesbian singer songwriter would that would that be okay with you or would you want like the singer songwriter to come first and then people to kind of connect to the identity no i i'm totally fine with people connecting with the identity first um i don't know i just feel like identity and how you identify is a big part of like the world right now and and respecting that and i guess when i was younger like that wasn't really a thing I thought of but I can understand that like if I was let's say if I was like eight years old and I was like in the closet like and 
you know, the second that I saw an artist that I'm like, oh my God. And then I also found out that they were gay. I, I would feel so like, it would just be amazing. Probably. I mean, I think so. Like, cause you're just like, wow, this person's just like me and they're, you know, so I don't have any problem. I think it's awesome that people like, I don't know. I think it's cool that they see that part of me and they're like, wow. Like, you know, there's this girl that like is lesbian, but also like, kind of like you guys are saying, there's a lot of straight things that I do too that like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's weird, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the challenging parts, uh, right when the pandemic came, you talked about getting dropped from your label and it seemed like kind of taking some time to yourself and figure yourself out. Can you talk about what that, you know, those couple years or during the pandemic was like for you? Yeah, that, that was, that was rough. <laughs> I'm sure it was rough for everybody, but yeah, that was, it was definitely like, I don't know. I guess it was kind of just that thing where everybody thought like, all right, this will only last for like three months and then we'll get back to life and whack to work and everything. And then all of a sudden, freaking three years went by and you're just like, what just happened? And that's kind of how I, you know, I thought things would go back to normal. And I had just put out Sway With Me, which was on the Birds of Prey soundtrack, which was like a very, was like the biggest thing I had done. And that was really like a great push and was starting to like push me into doing live shows. I was practicing for live shows and stuff and then COVID hit. So it was like, all right, we're not doing that. And so then everything went digital and like, it was just like a lot of it went on. I mean, yes, me, cause I'm an artist, but so many artists, like the labels were just like, you know, there's only so much we can do because we can't be touring right now. We can't be like promoting you how we usually would. So you need to be the one promoting yourself like all over social media so you know it was it was like hard it was hard it was just kind of like this huge change of things and you're just like you know I didn't know this was going to be happening and and yeah and then I mean things were going good you know I mean I put out a song I think or two songs and you know I did a music video for my house which was cool you know but yeah but then like end of 2020 came and then they were just like okay, you know, we're dropping you with a bunch of other artists we're dropping. And, and my now manager, like right now, he also, he was in an A&R at Atlantic and they also let him go too. Um, so they were doing a lot of cuts, you know, which I get it. COVID, like money, like it's, it's rough out here. So it was like, all right, that happened. And, you know, at that point I was just, I very much was like, I wasn't that sad about it. I was kind of like, okay, you know, this is life. Like, this is what happens. Shit happens. And it didn't feel like a big, like, oh my God, like, it's it's all over for me. You know, I was kind of like, look, this is, it's not a bad thing. You know, like, if, if this is happening, it's meant for a reason, whatever. So I felt like strong in that. But then like February came and my mental health was shit. It was just bad. Like I was, my depression was the worst it's ever been. Hmm. I was having these like up and down manic episodes and like my anxiety was really bad. And like, of course it was like attributed to that, but also it was just more so just like my loss of identity. I was just like, well, who am I if I am not signed to Atlantic records and doing music? Like, you know, what, what am I doing? Um, it, it, you know, it's like being at a job for like 10 years and then getting fired. And you're just like, 
what? Like, you know, um, what do I do with my life now? So I spent, yeah, I spent like the entire of 2021. Um, yeah, just about doing everything possible to work on myself. I mean, like I, you know, I got diagnosed bipolar, got a medication, tried out a lot of medication for a while, trying to make that work and getting to like a therapeutic range. And I mean, I was heavily like meditating. I got very spiritual and like, I just did everything possible to make sure that I was like in the best place to start again. Because like, if your brain and your mental is not there, like nothing else is there. Like you cannot do this job. I don't think if you're not there, which we've seen times and times again, many artists that try to do this, like without having themselves in check and, you know, a lot of them die or they, you know, turn to drugs, alcohol, the whole thing. So I did not want that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you were discovered your your bipolar dis- diagnosis and and worked through medication, I've also had that process of finding medication that works for you. And I know yeah. for some people it kind of works. For other people, it yeah. can take a while and can be a just a, the worst nightmare trying to get there. What was yeah. your what was your process like finding medication and and finding things that worked for you mentally? Yeah, I mean, definitely was like hard at first. And I was kind of like, well, do I really want to turn to medication right away? Not that I'm against it, but I was like, if there's any other, you know, um, methods. So, I mean, I was like, I, I first had just like started heavily meditating, trying to like, just have some sort of higher power because I felt like I, I felt like I was doing everything on my own, essentially. Like I felt like the, not the world revolved around me, but it's like, well, if I don't do this, then no one will. And it's like, no, I, I don't think that's how it works. And also, too, I got a therapist, which I already had, but, like, you know, I got a new therapist, whatever. Went through, like, three or four different therapists. And the medication, you know, eventually I was like, okay. Like, I eventually got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I need to, like, possibly get on medication because it wasn't – it was not so good. And the medication that I got on for bipolar, the – my psychiatrist had just told me that I had to – that I – needed to start very low because the specific medication, if you, like – ramp up too fast you can get this rash i don't know where mm. but some rash and if you get the rash then you can never go on the medication again like it's like it's a no i'm pretty confident i'm taking this same one because <laughs> my therapist just had that conversation with me <laughs> oh my god wait what's it called wait can we say or are we not allowed to say <laughs> oh no you can say it i just don't remember what it is is it fuck no i don't remember the name of it lamotrigine taken... lamictal lamotrigine Yes. Is it Lamotrigine? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it's funny. Yeah. No, it's, um, no, it's a little funny. Bonding over bipolar medication. No, I was just like, I've had the rash talk. I've discussed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had the rash talk. Yeah. No, yeah. It was like a serious thing, though. He was like, you cannot do it any faster. I was like, okay, I yeah. won't. You know, yeah. like, I'll listen to whatever you guys say, Fine. bro. But yeah, no. But, yeah, that was, you know, that was a little process because it took like, I don't remember what it, how long, how many months it took to get to the point where I was like, all right, I feel good at this level. So yeah, I, it's, you know, I mean, it's something like I, I learn about every day, but yeah, it's, I don't remember what your question was, but I, I hope I answered I it. I don't either. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for being so open about it. Like the, the, the stigma is so crazy and it's yeah. not, it's not helpful. And, and so yeah. I think visibility is super important. So I just yeah. really appreciate your, your, your vulnerability. No, thank you. Like it's, it, it's funny though, you say that because I remember when I found out when, um, when Demi Lovato, I think mm-hmm. they said that she was bipolar and people, I, I was younger, 
younger and like mental health wasn't really, I, I don't remember like thinking about it that much. And I remember like reading people's comments or what people were saying about it. And they're like, Oh, she's bipolar. Like she's, she goes crazy. And I remember being like, Oh my God, like a bipolar person, like I have to be afraid of them. And like, that sucks yeah. because that's so not true. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm afraid of myself, but you know, like <laughs> not that often. So it was sad that like, that's what I took away as a young kid. Like hearing people say that about her when it's like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but what you're saying is true. Like I'm, I'm grateful that like, I'm able to, to like see it now. Like it's, it's such a, there's such a stigma around it. And it's like, I just wish people, you know, I wish people had bigger brains. (laughs) 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 Well, we did. I want to make sure we don't breeze past the, the singles that you have released are, I think I, I found you through waste my youth, um, which was amazing. Oh, thank you. Don't you know that my time's like a million dollars? I could spend it anywhere. I wanna waste, wanna waste my youth on you. you. And then, of course, like sway with me. It, it sounds like the timing is really like it sucks with how that worked yeah. out with timing but like it's on birds of prey it, it's with saweetie it has 30 million views on yeah. youtube like it is a huge hit how did that <laughs> feel like making that and when that blew up yeah no that was definitely like a highlight i was you know again i don't know why it's like i don't it's like i didn't know what was going on at the time but <laughs> i still was like wait what's happening um i remember them mentioning there's this movie that's about harley quinn i was like oh cool you know, and they're like, we're looking for people on the album. It's an all girl album. I was like, awesome. But in my head, I'm like, I'm this tiny artist on Atlantic. There's no way I'm going to be getting on that. Like, it's, you know, thanks for telling me, but you know, (laughs) and, um, and so then, but that was like a year before or something. And then a year later comes and they start saying that they're looking for songs, like finally, or you're like supposed to be sending in songs and these are the things that they want. And so then, you know, I started writing almost every session at the time I was writing for the movie. And, you know, they were like not getting approved, whatever, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. And I just remember they sent me a track, which was the Sway With Me track um, that the producer Cutfather had, you know, remixed, you know, whatever, reproduced. And I was like, this is super dope. And so then I got in with two amazing writers and we wrote it. We wrote my part. We wrote it and we were like, okay, you know, this is, this is good, you know, and we'll see. And then I remember them saying like, okay, we sent it now for like a rap feature, Sweetie. And I was like, okay, cool. To be honest, I didn't know who she was until that moment. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. But whatever. It's fine. It's the truth. So I was like, okay. It's, you know, then I looked her up and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and in my head, I'm like, I wonder what it's going to be like meeting this girl. Like, you know, I, I don't know. And so they got her verse on it and they sent it back. And I don't know, after a few back and forths, eventually they were like, okay, we're going to go with this song for the fourth single or whatever it was and I was like oh okay and so I remember that happening and I was like wow this is really cool and then the question was like was there going to be a music video for it because like the music video the singles that get the music video now that's that's pretty fun like that's that's where the fun (laughs) happens you know so I was like really pushing for it and they were cutting it really close like they had done the single with Megan the Stallion and Doja Cat and 
or whoever else they had done those those videos for, but they like weren't saying anything for ours. So I was like, oh, no, we're not getting ours. And then I don't even know, like maybe, I don't know, a little bit right before the movie came out, they're like, okay, we're doing it, like get ready, whatever. So then the music video, like that was what was really cool, personally, I think, because like just the fashion and the styling and everything and the location. No, it was, it was, it was surreal. It was like, yeah, it was, it was a long day. And I just remember at night being like, wow, like, I can't believe I just, I just did that. Like, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. But I'm very grateful. And then seeing it afterwards, you're just like, wow. And seeing so many people excited about it was super cool. And they invited me to go see the movie at whatever theater. And so I saw that and it was, it was super cool. It was, it was awesome. I'm very lucky. And then cut to now, you're doing all of the new songs that you're writing on your own as an independent artist. Is that right? Yes. So should already be out, but you've been teasing people with sour for a long time. So you can uh, download it now. But I think on your TikTok, you said that Sour was inspired by your ex-boyfriend that you talked about. Is that is this true? (laughs) Yes, it definitely. It was inspired by many individuals, I guess I'd say. It's, you know, very, not very rarely. There are times where I come into a session where I'm like, okay, this person is about to get like killed in my song right now like specifically this one but some most of the time it's like just this I don't even know this like swirling of all these people in my life that have done me wrong and then that's where like it all comes out on so he's definitely one of those people there's a few others but um yeah I wrote that song I don't even know I wrote it almost two years ago I wrote Sour almost two years ago it was during the pandemic we wrote it over zoom and I remember being like, wow, this is dope. Like, it's different from what I've done. I really like it. But also, too, like, I you know, then the whole, then my mental health, all that stuff happened. And I was like, look, I don't even know if this is going to come out. But once I got back on it, I was like, all right, this was the first one that I posted, um, like, on TikTok. And people really responded well to it. And I was like, fuck it. Like, we're just, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just, we're just going to put it out. Let's just get it done. So, you know, that was... I'm so grateful that it's coming out. I'm so grateful that people have been so like excited about it and supportive about it. And yeah, that I was even able to get it done because it's such a different, it really is a different game when you're an independent artist compared to being on a major label. You know, I mean, there's pros and cons, but like the freedom to be able to do whatever I want now is really awesome. Like I'm very hands-on. I like to be a part of everything that I'm doing. So I'm really glad that I get to like, just steer the ship now. And I, I, I decide when things come out. I decide when I want to do this. I decide who I work with. I decide like pretty much everything, you know, rather than having to go through like 30 people. So. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. It's good to be the boss. Master of your own domain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, I wrote that one a long time ago, but yeah, that was inspired by he shall, who shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, I mean like, it's just kind of about anybody who's ever, like underestimated you, I guess, and like doesn't value you, hasn't seen your worth, hasn't, you know, realized your potential, I guess, Um, which I feel like I, I don't know, in this industry, I feel like you're dealing with that a lot, because there's so (laughs) many other people that want to be doing what you're doing, or, you know, that think they're better than you, and 
whatever. So, yeah. 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 Last thing I'll ask before we get to break, what can we expect from you in the future? You've been teasing us the sour so long that, that what comes next after this? That's true. I'm trying to figure out like how the artists do it, where they like say what it is, but don't say what it is. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah or, just, you know. or just like big picture life, what you want to happen. Like, I, mean, I guess what we can expect is um, what I will expect for myself is some great more singles coming out this rest of this year, a few more and an EP a nice solid rockin' EP at the beginning of the year of 2023 to hopefully be able to perform that live and tour it and do as much as I can in person, finally, um, at the start of next year, springtime, hopefully, or even sooner. So, I mean, like, I live performing. That's where I, that's where I shine. That's my, like, space. So I'm very excited to start doing that, finally. Next time you're in Seattle, let us know. We'll we'll come oh, crash your yes. party. Oh, yes. Hello. Of course. <laughs> no, that'd be awesome. That'd be super awesome. All right. Well, uh, let's take a little break then. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Take a break. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> we are going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, Galaxara, tell us all the things. Where can people find you? What you're up to? Get in touch with you. Let's let's hear. Um. It. Okay. So I'm on pretty much every social media known to man. I think uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Probably all of them are either at Galaxara or at I am Galaxara. Uh, because probably Galaxar was taken. But yeah, so that's those are my socials. And I will actually already have my single Sour out, which is on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you can find it. So, yep, that's what I got. <laughs> and absolutely take a listen to Sour. You will probably hear it no matter what, because I'm it is a bop and going to be all over. So <laughs> definitely check it out. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on like half of the socials. You'll have to guess which ones at Gayish Podcast. <laughs> our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. A really quick programming note, this coming sunday on september the 18th at 2 p.m pacific it's our 300th episode wow. and we are having a live stream q a party so grab grab your booze hold on to your butts uh <laughs> and please send in your questions so that derek can pick up pick out the ones that we're going to get asked on the air uh send them to gayish podcast plus 300 at gmail.com gayish podcast the plus symbol 300 at gmail.com okay um, time for a gayest straightest. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. Um, okay. the gayest is that I still have my uh, monkeypox vaccination mark from like the mark on your arm, like last a decently long time from the <laughs> second it's the mark of the beast, Kyle. <laughs> oh, I posted that I'm part of uh the Scarlet Letter, the next generation. Like, that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and people have no like people have noticed that they're like, oh, oh, I see you got your monkeypox yeah. vaccination. Like, yes, I am very slutty. So, um, <laughs> my 
straightest is I got, this is not straight, but I got really excited about a bunch of decorations I was going to put up in my place. So my straightest is they are all delivered and they are just sitting in boxes around. I have not, <laughs> I, delaying decorating my place <laughs> is my straightest. Yeah. That's okay though. Yeah. But you'll get to it. I believe in you. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get to it. You'll eventually. get to it. Yeah. It'll be a nice little Sunday project. Uh, so the the, uh, the straightest thing about me this week is uh, agreeing at work to sing a remake of Earth, Wind, and Fire's September, <laughs> but redone with corporate bullshit Salesforce lyrics and trying to look like I was having fun doing it. That's the straightest thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and my like dance a dancer I am not. That's also the straightest thing about me. It was videoed and like oh. I just I'm so oh, no. I'm so stiff and like. I'm in my 40s, whatever. Do you and then, have that video and can I have it, please? I will send it to you, yeah. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. Okay, great. great. Okay. Uh, and then the, the gayest thing about me this week was uh, playing the board game Return to Dark Tower with, with Kyle and a couple of our gay friends. And Ooh. in this game, you gather resources. You gather spirit and you gather men, which, of course, you know, like an army, yeah. which we then referred to as dudes. So just like <laughs> continuously talking about like, hey, be sure to pick up your dudes. Oh, you're going to go over there and, 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 and pick up these dudes. And uh, how many... How many how many dudes do you have? It was just it was and laughing every time. It was never not funny. That's funny. That's, <laughs> that's, so that's cute. What's it called? Uh, Return to Dark Tower. Oh my god! Um, it was that. yeah. It was a it was a Kickstarter. I'm one of those Kickstarter whores. Like I just like just take my money to everybody who has a good idea. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I know Shark Tank. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at too. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wow, this is amazing. Uh, Galaxara, what is you? What's your gaze and straightest? So I'd say my gayest, it's not this week, though. It's just what I can think of. Guests get a pass. Recent memory. Yes, recent memory. Gayest would be, I guess, like me and my girlfriend pretty much, pretty much like met and fell in love and said, I love you within like two weeks. That would be like my gayest. (laughs) Because it's like, which I didn't even know that was a thing, but she's the one who told me, she's like, yep. Like now it's time to call the U-Haul. Like we're, that's what we're doing. I was like, okay, I guess that's a thing. You are a space lesbian. (laughs) Yes. That is the lesbian stereotype for sure. I know. Yeah. And I used, I was like, wow, it's just funny. Cause I was like, wow, I feel so special. Like this, this can, this is only us in the world that falls, that fell in love this fast. But no, it, we were, it was very, it was very much. Not. Um, and then my straightest, I guess would be at least from this, is what my girlfriend said, which is not that exciting would be that not anymore, but for a very long time, I had my nails like very long. They're not long right now, but I mean, I had like the nice stiletto nails. So that would be the straightest, yeah. I guess I'd say. I just like them. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I did not I did not know that like you know that longer fingernails was a straight a straight girl thing, but it makes sense now. I didn't that know I that either. The, the lesbian thing is you have like a couple of nails that are cut all the way down. Yeah, like, you know, like it's the long nails except you for have, a couple like, fingers. These are super long, and then these are these yes. like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. like nothing. <laughs> Yes. Which, like, exactly. I could have done that, but that would have, I, I would not have done that. It's okay. <laughs> I just took them all off. That, that's what I would do, though. I, I would actually, like, I would get mine done. I used to get mine done, like, you know, done, done, and then they would stay on for so long. Where now I just start wearing freaking the press ons. I can take them off, like, the next day. So it works oh, out. There good. you go. Yeah. It works out. <laughs> Uh, well, Galaxara, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us and taking the time to do this. Thank really you guys so it. much. Yeah, it was so awesome. Congrats on Sour. 
Thank you. We will be excited and waiting for the uh, whatever you decide to release next. Yes, I'm very excited for what's coming next. And I think you guys awesome. will be too. So woohoo, more queer energy is coming. <laughs> Amazing. Excellent. I would also like to thank our super gap bridgers. Thank you to John Crowley, Stephen Porcio, Social Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez, Forrest Nell, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, James Vero, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Don Blinsky, Thomas B. Dusty Sanze, Coleman, Chris Kachaturian, and Jerome York. Thank you all more than anyone else, even 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 more than our current guest that is still here watching us. <laughs> it's okay. You said that so fast. Wow. I have practice. Uh, well, that is it. Uh, this has been Gayish from the Chris Cacciatore's studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See ya. Bye. Be a space lesbian. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. I want a, I want, I want a movie now, I think. <laughs> oh my god. Like an all-singing oh, movie? Oh my god, space I'm gonna lesbian. tell my friends. They were so excited for me to do this. And that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them. That's gonna be my takeaway from this whole thing. They're gonna be like, how was it? Space lesbian. Space lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) No one eats a cookie and is like, oh, yeah, I'm a raisin cookie. I Um, do. God damn it. Really? People, how are we friends? (laughs) You like raisin cookies? I love oatmeal raisin cookies. They're fucking amazing. Ew. All right, that's your decision, and I take no. I am not involved in that. My mouth, my choice.